Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 193 for July 24th, 2019. Um, my name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, is the illustrious Tim Sway and the magnanimous Bill Lutz. Normally, we read only our top Patreon supporters, but this week, due to peer pressure, I will be reading all of them. <laughs> so, prepare for this list. Lakeside Woodcrafter, Make Build Modify, Rob Ray, Wesley Treat, The Boys Over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Jeff Shaw, Chad... Uh, Gross Claws for Man Crafting. Sorry, these doesn't always say it correctly. I have to put my put it in there. Uh, Paul Jackman, Ryan Ridgely, Jim Bashirs, LiquidRC.com, Shane Bronson, Greg Mead, Scott Turner, The Godfather, uh, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> Is that Moon River? Somewhere oh, over the my, rainbow. My, yeah, my little... My inner Annie just got excited. Not Annie. He's Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Annie sang Rainbow too, didn't she? Somewhere she over sang, the rainbow. Um, yeah, she didn't sing Somewhere over the rainbow. She sang. Um, oh, uh, the sun will come out tomorrow. That's the one. Put your bottom dollar that tomorrow they'll. You know be what? It's, yeah. it's 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 nature esque. It's cute. Come on. It's all the same. Onwards and upwards. Uh, Square Splinter, Opposable Thumbs, Brett Benson, Christopher Pixley, Rob Hamblett, Maker Geek, Factotum Industries, Rachel Steele, John J. Hilgers Jr., Stu Morrison, Nick Carruthers, Michael Bomarito, Marsh Wildman, Dave Bauer, Ben Babasuthi, Savannah Kramer, Philip Muller, Made by Connor, Brian Arsenault, Joey Vargas, Eric Blanchett, David Bellhorn, Riley J. Davis, Matt Williams, Brent Taylor, Jonathan Gunson. Fine, I'll go by Canyon now. I guess it's Daniel Sullivan. I'm reading the email address. Josh Frankel, Gib Clark, Dominic Bender, Daryl Cooksey, Hugh Scott Designs, Aaron Lund, Paul Mayette. Mayette? Mayette? I never say that right. Mayette. Mayette. No, that's not right. He's not saying it right. I'll I'll private message him. He's not saying his last name. He's not saying it correctly. Uh, Danny Olendorf, Al's Hackshack, Patty Gilstrap, Patty Gilstrap, Dan Stark, Matt Valbrecht, uh, G Customs, Jim Marulo, Chuck Curtis, Matt Williams, Jaron Cluck, Tim Sway. Damn you guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> William Lutz, <laughs> Tim Ross Greenwood. Gary Fuji, Alan Canterbury, Phil Patrick, Greg Fitzgerald, Camille Good, Maker on the Move, Make Break Repeat, Chris McIntosh, Laura Kampf, Live Free and DIY, and Marcus Hoffman. We're never doing that again. Okay, thank you, everybody. Come on. you. Yes, you are. You're doing that next month. Never, never. Uh, in all honesty, <laughs> thank you very much, everybody. We are hugely appreciative of the support, and uh, we really want to say thank you to every one of you. Yeah, the, the humility factor does not lessen over time. I'm still blown away. What do you Indeed. Mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking that. What um, what are we working on? Let's go with Guy Smiley. Bill Lutz, what are you working on? I am working on this weekend. I uh, uh, did a lot of work in my yard. It was time and 
um, got that because I had been out of town and I had the daughter person with me so I decided okay gung-ho so I started going and then I got into uh, I, I need to get rid of a lot of the stuff that I still have that I've uh, what do you call it when you do you interrupt the stream to the landfill right so I brought so much stuff uh, home like the airport, the airport. yeah, yeah basically called, yeah but it's like, you know, I, I got this 20-gallon air compressor that doesn't work, but I'm going to make a something out of that tank. Yeah, that went back to the airport. Smoker. Uh, I have two, two tanks like that in my shop right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like I'm still weeding out all this stuff. So I did that. I, I was very happy. Um, yeah, I got that taken care of, and that's really about it. So, yeah, I have some maker's remorse, I guess you would call it. I'm still. Oh, write that down. Write that down. That's Maker's a topic right there. Maker's, Maker's remorse, remorse for sure. How come? Yeah. How come when we ask you for titles, you come up with stupid ones, but then when you're just talking, you come up with Maker's remorse? That's that's not the way to inspire me, Tim. I thought that was. Uh, you know why? Because he's secretly brilliant, but only when he's not trying. Man, and he is so good at keeping secrets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I never try. Oh wait, wait, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So there was there was something going on though. So um, uh, another thing we did is uh, Phil, you noticed that my couches are they're horribly the 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 whatever coating over the pretend fabric has been peeling up really bad. Super comfy though. And it's super comfy couches, but I just every time you sit down, you get up and now because it's hot, it's sticky. So the, uh, the pleather yeah, yeah. is stuck. Little bits and pieces of this pleather keep coming off, and I'm just like, oh, Danny licks the couch and she's got goo Aww. on her tongue. It's yeah, it's like she doesn't need so that. So we decide, okay, let's let's we need to do something about the couch, but we're tired of we didn't need to spend money on it. So Craigslist, here we come, and we find this ad for a gal in San Francisco that's got it's an IKEA look looking type uh, sectional, so very lightweight. Remove the covers to clean them. Uh, she wants 150 bucks, and it's the same color as our couches now, so it matches our accent. While makers who've been to my house will understand what we're talking about. Um, but the, it was 150 bucks, and I'm just like, yes, that's what I want to spend. I don't want to spend, yeah. you know. So and, and she's like, look, I have pets. These things, it's worn, but it's in good shape. Blah blah blah. I'm like, and she spent four paragraphs for this ad, right, uh -huh. to sell her stuff. And I'm like, she's it. I already know. I already know. This is the kind of crazy is, I want to buy from. Exactly. Right, you know? <laughs> and she lives. She lives in San Francisco, so we're gonna have something in common. So we. I, I I halfway to San Francisco when I realized that because I wanted to stay cool, I'm wearing my tank top, my shorts, and my Birkenstocks. And then I'm going, I know this person's going to live up at least one flight, if not two flights of stairs. And huh. it just didn't dawn on me to have to do this. So Shoes. sure enough, yeah. she lives, yeah, proper footwear to be able to yeah. carry stuff down the stairs. Luckily, the pieces were, like I said, they're four pieces, so like four individual chairs. Two of them have arms on it. The other two you can put in the middle, or you can just put the two arms together, make a love seat and two side chairs, or put do they three together. Do they have like little connector things so they don't slide apart? They do. We have the hardware for that, but I mean... If they stay still? If, if it yeah. starts to move around, I'll do that. But anyway, so yes. we get there, and I'm like, okay, sure enough, it, she has a flat. Right, so she's on the second floor of the flat. So you go up halfway this way, and then you make a sharp ninety degree turn, yeah. and you go up the other way. So I'm like, okay, something. well, I'm old and you know fat, but I'm still pretty strong. Honey, you just stay here. Let me take these pieces down because there's only enough room. You got to put all the weight of this. Thank goodness it's a lightweight chair in front of you, mm -hmm. right, going down the stairs. 
She thought, well, let me get behind, you know, no, because if I can't hold on to it, now I'm going to throw my back out because I'm worried about you and I won't let go and it'll just take us all out. So just, look, yeah. if something goes wrong, I'll let go. It'll bounce down a couple steps, no big loss, you know. But I got all these four pieces down the stairs. We got it loaded on the truck and everything. Still in my Birkenstock. So we get home and now we, we take the other couch apart. Um, or I did. I, I The arms and the backs come off, and I'm just tossing it in the driveway because I'm just like, I'm so upset. We spent good money, bought these things new. It's supposed to be part leather, part pleather. The part you sit on is, is no, it was it's all plastic. It's just, it was garbage. <laughs> I'm so upset. So threw that stuff out in the driveway, get the new pieces in the living room, and now they're so light, we've got uh, the hard floors, so we can just slide these around, pick any formation she wants. Which, of course, we had to try every possible way to arrange this. Sounds How else would you know? You got to yeah, see them all. How else would you know? Lord, what do you, what do you so know? we, we yeah. finally get towards the end, and I'm getting tired. And, I, and I, I'm like, all right, so you want to try this? So I grab the couch, and I pull it like in front of me, slide it in front of me, wearing Birkenstocks. <gasps> and that lightweight uh. couch with that wooden foot ran over my big toe and ripped part of my toenail. Ah! Uh. Yeah, it hurt. Oh, man. Yeah. But here's the best part. Here's the best part. This Why is are your stories you always gross? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to get better, and this is a bad on me. So the best part is, is you get the opportunity to learn something. So what have I been up to, Phil? I've been up to eating crow and learning a lesson because every time Casey's come to help me do something and she's been wearing not appropriate shoes, I'm like, you need to go put some proper shoes on. Don't walk outside mm. in your bare feet. I might be cutting metal. Don't you do this when we lift that. If it falls on your foot, blah, 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 blah. So as soon as I slid that and I did the one-legged dance and screaming, holding onto my toe, and because I'm old and fat, the balance was off and I fell down on the floor a little bit and I'm holding my toe and I'm like, oh golly, this hurts so bad. Casey looks over at me and she says, you should have been wearing the proper footwear. Mm. Wow! You, you deserve that. That yeah. is support. I did. Yeah. I did, and I and I had to laugh and cry at the same time. I'm just like, yep, I deserve that. How many times I've tried to act like I know what I was doing and what I'm talking about and telling you how you should run your feet, live your life with your shoes, and now it come back to bite me. Well, come back to stub my toe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that might be karma for actually owning Birkenstocks. Just because you live in San Francisco <laughs> well <said. laughs> doesn't mean you have to dress the part. You can wear shoes like a man. I've had says socks says Mr. Croc. It's yeah. only for the garage. Which I have right. too. Yeah. If I was Pot, my I'd like you to meet the kettle. His name is Black. Uh, first of all, uh, Crocs are closed toe shoes. Nobody needs to see your toes. Is what I'm saying as a man. I don't need to see your toes. That's what I'm well, saying. first of all, my toes are cute because my second toe is longer than my big toe, so it's kind of a neat little wiggle thing I can do with my like hi. Well, they were cute until you ripped them all up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yes. Anyway, I don't go to my shop without wearing safety toe. I, I like even if I just got to go in the paint, I, I put my safety toes on. I don't, I don't go like, oh, I'll just put my shoes on and go in and run in the paint. Nope, I always put my boots on if I go in there. Yeah. Well, I would, except my toes a little sore, so I'm sitting out in my shop with my mm -hmm. socks on, and that's it. Tim, any safety parables or allegories that you want to tell us? <laughs> no, I don't. No, oh, you just want, just want to tell us what you're up to? Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to do that. Um, I wanted to say first thing before I forget because I forgot to say it last week and I think I knew. I don't remember what I knew. Um, hey, local people, people local to me in the Connecticut, New England region, on August 10th and 11th, 
um, is the Made in Connecticut Expo, and I will have a booth there as New Perspectives Music. I'm not bringing anything else, just guitars. Uh, it's two days, and it's in Naugatuck, Connecticut. It's on uh, 6 Rubber Drive. I think they used to make rubber there. And Naugatuck, Connecticut, which is where, of course, Naga Hyde comes from, which is what Bill's couch is made of that he just threw away. Um, <laughs> so It's all full circle. It's all coming back to your toe. So I wanted to mention that August 10th and 11th, Connecticut Made in Connecticut Expo. There's supposed to be a hundred something people there making stuff, everything from like food trucks to like guitars, you know. Hmm. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what else is there and who else like me is out there, hoping to meet some other like-minded individuals as well. Um, and so it should be great. Support your community, you know what I mean. And uh, and then as far as what I've been up to, I just posted a video. I um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel bad about talking about guitars for a minute because. Because I have something else to talk about that's not guitar related, but I, I, I did just put out a video of a, a bass guitar that I made. Uh, it's uh, the body was the body and the neck are clear acrylic, and then the fingerboard on it is aluminum, so it's a zero percent wood bass. And I was like really, really proud of that. <laughs> and the bass came out okay. I kind of I flame polished the neck and it kind of warped it a little bit, so it doesn't play as good as I was hoping. And so I lived and learned that I definitely don't want to flame polish the neck because I didn't think it would curl as fast as it did. But it, in order to flame polish, it gets that hot. So I need to compound polish next time, I know. Um, but I would invite people to go watch that video because I'm really proud of it. And it looks pretty cool. Lesson uh, learned. What if you didn't have to flame polish or any kind of polish on the neck? You can just make the, the neck opaque and the just the bottom part clear. Yeah, that's honestly, that's probably what I would do next time because I really liked the opaque look mm. of it, like when it came off. But I was like, I'm doing acrylic. I have to polish it. That's like what most people want. And then my ego made me try to polish the whole thing because it was all a solid piece. But so now that I've done one and I've got the ego stroke out of the way, I, next time I would do a wood fingerboard instead of aluminum and get over the 0% wood thing. And what about a bamboo fingerboard? Uh, that would be interesting. I don't... That that would be interesting. I would consider that. Yeah. Yeah, Just I don't to, know. To keep uh, things different to, instead of wood on your acrylic yeah, it's, builds? Yeah, it should be hard enough. Like, if, if you got, like, that bamboo flooring where they, like, press it... That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Bamboo flooring, yeah. I got a piece... I have a piece of that. Um, you know, when you cut into it, though, it gets stringy sometimes, and you have to raise it. Oh, okay. It's grass. Do that, what about different types yeah. of, um, um, not acrylic, but like the stuff that your cutting boards are made out of, that harder type plastic? Oh, high molecular uh, plastic. Yeah, high molecular plastics. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun to do an all-plastic guitar. That's something I would like to do as an all-plastic guitar. I would like to do... Very uh, flexible. do vinyl strings on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to play with... Um, well, you have to put the right pickup on. The magnetic pickups don't work, but like on the acoustic bass, I had one acoustic bass that I'd strung with. They used the the rockabilly guys do like the slap stuff. They would play what they call weed whacker strings, and they're plastic filament strings, you know. And they actually sell weed whacker strings by the same measurement system as bass strings, and sometimes you can find them that way. So I was at a store once, and they had all these cheap rolls of that stuff, and I bought up all the. I was like, hey, that's the same as an E string. That's the same as an A string. So I bought them all, and I still have some of it floating around somewhere. I strung up a double bass with it once. <laughs> um, yeah, of course I do, because I don't throw away anything apparently. Um, oh, but so and, and then I just started today. I just started prepping the wood uh, for a table I'm making for a client. Um, I decided I needed to do something that wasn't a guitar, so I went kind of hunting for some non-guitar clients, and I uh, found one. I'm making a table to fit into, like you know, like a bay window when there's like three sides to it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, sticks out. So I'm making a table to fit into the bay, but it's actually like a half an octagon because then there's 22 uh, and a half degrees, brother. 22 and a half degrees. Yeah, but it's... Well, it was... It's it's actually even easier than that because um, I'm going to cut... I'm doing the barn wood top, but I'm going to cut a plywood subsurface 
to do it to, like we were talking about recently. Mm-hmm. I think it was last Basically, week's episode, even. Yeah. And then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do, and then the the front edge, like the writing edge, that's the longest edge to be like slicing the octagon in half. I'm gonna do a slight curve too, so it's gonna curve inward a little bit. Um, and I'm gonna trim it all. I'm gonna, you know, cut thin strips of wood and trim it all around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so since I have my new Maslow Maker Made CNC, I can just throw the piece of plywood up there and just cut the shape out on that. So after you skin it. No, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the plywood out first. Oh, and on then the you CNC, can just do like a pattern skin bit. it, and then wrap, then wrap exactly pattern bit the edge, and then trim it, and it'll be done in like two hours. <laughs> so nice. you know, I'm gonna make steel legs for it's gonna flat pack ship, you know. So I'll be doing that pretty soon. I'm not gonna make a video or anything, but but I'll I'll share pictures. Oh, and I just made a cat stand. I forgot about that. I made a <laughs> a cat tree. Uh, yeah, like a cat tree for a lady. I got to go deliver that. Um, I used some of the Kumaru decking, and I used a piece of four inch. Um, drain pipe or like uh you know like pvc pipe mm-hmm. and i wrapped it i wrapped it in three eighths inch rope um and then it was a little bit wobbly um so i i, I didn't make the base quite wide enough i was trying to keep it kind of narrow but i was like i was taking a, a gallon jug and i was putting it on the platforms to see if the cat was going to make a tip and i was putting it all the way on the out on the outer edge of the platform and it would start to kind of tilt so I had to cut a bigger base for it but now it's fine and i also it's hollow in the top so you can drop weight in it too if you need to um, so that was interesting. I was like, I need to make some stuff other than guitars just to remember how to make other stuff. So I did find a couple of little jobs, you know, hmm. not just guitars right now. Nice. Oh, and I made a sign for my, my friend, my wife's friend. Uh, that was fun. It was quick and easy. How about are you? you going to, are you going to Tony's oh. slip and slide thing? No. When is that? This weekend? I, I think I can't go. So I try to ignore it, but people are yeah, so pushy with it. Everybody wants to go. I know, it sounds like a good time, but I've just never been able to make it. There's just always stuff going on, you know. So, unfortunately, this year is the same. Summers are tough. Yeah. Also, fall and winter and spring. Yeah, Yeah. especially fall, winter, and spring. Yeah, yeah. Your 50s, basically, they're tough. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Everything's tough. All right. Phil, how about you, Phil? Um, My my driveway... Looked like uh, present-day Syria, just finished, right? And um, we had this well, gun. Unfinished, technically. Unfinished. Well, I mean, it looked like it had been bombed out, right? It's basically a 30-year-old asphalt driveway that had, like, large swaths of it, just no asphalt. And just pit, Like, my kids would play in it like it was a sandbox. It was embarrassing. And uh, be glad it's not cement. Asphalt's way easier to get rid of, so. Right. Well, what we did was actually just... So happens, uh, I was I was at I took my son to a movie and my wife texts me. She goes, "Guy rang our doorbell, said he could do a patch and seal on the driveway for three hundred bucks. Should I do it?" I was like, "Heck yeah, do it!" So I got home when they started. They put like um, eight bags of asphalt to fix the area where the garage door is and just level and smooth. And they patched up all the you know let's say the sandbox sized holes and sealed the whole thing just bought me four more years money uh, well spent I nice. don't think so four years and that's exactly what I was going to tell you is just just understand that patch and $300 is exactly what you're getting it's probably be one or two years well, because once it's it undermined again. once it's messed up no amount of sealing and patching is going to fix that so every I winter agree. you're going to get snow but but yeah that's the way to go it gives you time 
Uh, it keeps it from getting any worse, you know. Well, that's what I but, needed. I just needed a Band-Aid yeah. to buy me, like, I'd be happy with a year or two because eventually I'm just going to yeah. do a stone driveway, but yeah. I, I currently do not have $15,000. So uh, that was that was a nice little thing. Um, I worked on um, my electronics bench area, turning it more into a studio. So I at one point I was working with this company called Hypericon for lighting, and they had sent me like this stadium lighting. It's an LED stadium lighting. And I was gonna try to use it for production for a video. And it was just like way too intense. But what I did was I had like one of those big long sheets for like T8 lighting. Um, just the, uh, what's it called? Yep, the, the plastic, the kind of frosted bumpy yeah, plastic. The diffuser. So it's like a plastic, diffuser. big sheet of plastic diffuser. and I. I cut a couple of squares, 12 inch by 12 inch, stacked them, and then mounted them maybe an inch away from the uh, from the LED light, whatever, the, the stadium lighting. Anyways, worked a treat. I can't wait to use it on the next uh, on the next video that I do. I'm actually working on one right now. I started a couple weeks ago. I haven't had a chance to finish it yet, um, but I will. And so I did that, and I did a bunch of gardening like uh, like Bill. I put in a new cedar bush. Apparently, my uh, the guy who mows my lawn wants to get paid for cleaning up the the garden. So, um, <laughs> I guess I'm doing that myself now. Just kidding. He actually doesn't have any time for me. I said I'm uh, happy to pay you. Just please clean up the rock garden. It looks awful, um, but he doesn't have any time. So I did a lot of that work myself, and uh, and there was one big long crack in the driveway, and I I filled it myself today. So I was pretty pretty happy about that. And tomorrow I am going to be rebuilding the. Uh, lean-to shed on the side of my house, so I'm looking forward to that one. I'm going to be uh, oh cool taking off all the OSB and just sheeting it in. Um, I'm going to take some decking. I'm going to buy some decking, cut it to size, and kind of do like a shiplap kind of thing. I don't know yet, but yeah. that way, if any piece sort of rots away, I can just replace that one board rather than replace the entire. Do, do you have to have it like? Uh, it, would it look cool just having the vertical slats with a little bit of gap in them, you know, just a little bit? Because you can still do the same thing, replace each one. It doesn't have to be like, if it's just a shed. Does it, yeah. I'm going to do them as, totally do them as horizontals. No, it doesn't have to be watertight. But I'm going to do them as horizontals. That way I can... But don't chip lap it. I mean, just, just put them... Yeah, yeah, like, I'll just butt them. Other. I'll butt them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just yeah. butt them. That's not, yeah. And what I'll try to do is I'll try to... Maybe I'll straighten Because if you ship... If you shiplap them and it's the third one from the left, then you have to take out all of them to get to the third one. You know what I mean? So you right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Them. I see what yeah. you're saying. Yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I'll just butt them. Yeah. And cool. I'm sure I did other stuff, but I can't remember. Um, okay. Let's move on to our topic. And I wrote down the wrong one. Uh, oh, yeah. We called it Fresh Eyes, right? No, you called Something it like Fresh that. Eyes. Yeah, which is a great topic. I um, agree, Bill. Um, yeah. So essentially, I think it's uh, we're talking about looking at things um, with with new eyes, and I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So um, I'm I'm home this week, and one of my neighbors who we're good friends with, uh, their son is home from camp. He's 11 years old, and his name is Joey. and uh, And I said to his mom, "What's he going to be doing this week?" You know, just out of curiosity, make conversation. I don't, I don't really care. But uh, I said, uh, I said, what's, <laughs> what's, what's Joey doing this week? And she goes, she goes, nothing. He, he was at sleepaway camp for the last month. He's doing nothing this week, and he's going to be so bored. I said, you know what? Let him, let him come and work with me. And she goes, are you serious? He would love that. So I've been sort of thinking, 
about how to incorporate him into this project. He's 11. He's a big boy, though. So, like, he, like, you know, I'm not worried about him being able to be physical with the things that I do, like carrying boards and stuff. So I'm happy about that. But just fresh eyes. Okay, <laughs> I'm thinking almost of, like, a lesson plan. Like, how do I turn this into a lesson? Not just me doing the work, but how to get him excited about what we're doing and teaching him the math of the angles and how to be safe and all that stuff. So a project that I would normally sort of zip through, I'm looking at it through a different perspective of how do I make this interesting, engaging, safe, and a learning experience for an 11-year-old boy. So that's um, that, that I think is, an ex- uh, and I always, having kids involved in anything always gives you a fresh set of uh, eyes, a new perspective on something that you've done a million times. I think we were talking about it last week, how uh, mm-hmm. You know, just being in your neighborhood, but through your kids' eyes is like, wow, this is amazing, right? Like, you, you don't pay attention to things. You just sort of keep your head down and do your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think kids you almost are... Have, if, you, if you're going to involve kids, you got to have that new perspective to engage them, like you said. It's, it's definitely a way. That's a, the extreme of fresh eyes, right? You're kind of... Yeah. some pressure there. Well, I want, uh, for sure this is going to, like, his dad is not particularly handy. So I want to make sure that his first experience with something like this is, not only is it fun, because I'm sure it's going to be fun, but I want it to be... What are you making again? Well, the, the, we're going to reskin the lean-to, the, the shed on the side of the house. Oh. So we're going to have the chop saw, we're going to have angles, we're going to have, you know, drilling for screws. first ever project? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be perfect. doing most of the work. Yeah, I think so. Like... Yeah. You know, you're gonna have it just 11? just having him pre-drill the holes he, that you're that's gonna what run I was the thinking. screws through. Exactly, stuff like that is like awesome. Like yeah. you know, you this have a measure, a little, you make him. Uh, this sounds a little Tom Sawyer to me. Well, I'm not gonna oh, have him painting paint a it. fence is so much fun. So yeah. much fun to do this. All right, we'll use we'll use PT. It doesn't need to be painted. Actually, <laughs> well, speaking of what you're gonna use is child labor. No, are you kidding? She goes. I said, "What's his daily rate?" Joking, right? Because I I am gonna give him a couple of bucks for helping out. She goes, are you kidding? I wanted to pay you. <laughs> no, no. That's well, she, cool. she, can, she can pay you so you can pay him back. Um, and that way she feels better about it and you can feel good about I'm gonna, it too. I'm going to pay him a couple of bucks. I'm not waiting for it to yeah. give me any money. Right. But got, speaking got, of pre-drill, I, I just wanted to I, mention real quick my famous uh, Craigslist finds. Uh, today I picked up basically a brand new 18-volt Bosch drill, two batteries and the Ooh. charger, 50 bucks. Nice. 18-volt, you said? 18 volt. Nice. Yeah, that was a score because I've been using a 12 volt, and up until now I was sort of skating by on it, but I sort of rewatched one of my more recent videos and I was like, Ugh, I gotta get a new drill. Uh, so I was gonna say, for your lean to idea with the 11 year old, yeah. here's an idea. Put it in the back, file it away if you want to. But I think it's a good idea. When you get done with it, reward him by giving him a paintbrush and a little bit of paint and let him make whatever he wants like on the inside of it so you don't have to oh, worry cool. what it looks like yeah but he gets to like be the first thing to do is he can make you know be a big old smiley face or put his name his tag name. it basically yeah, yeah let him yeah. tag it you know with a or give him the, give him your best sharpest chisel and a mallet and just let him chisel it <laughs> just just go drink a beer and walk away it'll be fine yeah. huh yeah i don't, huh, I I don't like see tim's idea happening. i like tim no but that's a great idea bill i will i'll let him do the inside of the door yeah, it's not that no, big. It's a reward, you know. Yeah. And actually, the, the chisel idea isn't a bad idea to teach him how to use it, but it's still tricky, you know. 
Oh, he's gonna make it a mortise. I don't. I don't have a chisel that's like. No, just chis- chisels little name in there. You know, his initials, like a little. Ah, you know. all right. Don't okay. wait. You know what you do? Give him that that little silly piece of metal you got that's got measurements, that square wower or whatever. Let him play with that and bend it with a hammer. That, that'll work. Well, that that'll be the first time I use it, so that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, for the job you're about to do, it's the perfect tool um, because it has the. Li- it has the little hole in it for just that. So if you want him, and this is the perfect job for an 11-year-old, you get him measuring, mm-hmm. and you get him using his hands and, and making all those connections, is you give him all the boards and you say, I need two screws in each end of the board, and they need to be exactly a half inch in and a half inch to the left or whatever you know measurement you pick. And the square has little holes built in it that are designed to do that. So you butt the corner of the square into the corner of the wood, and there's a little hole where you stick your awl and you mark it. It's one mm-hmm. of the many things that the square can do. Still available at timsway.net. Damn you, Shill. I was on board. I mean, Tim. I was on board. I was like, darn, Tim, you're right. That is a great tool. He doesn't have to use a measuring tape, no screwing. I will use that. That's a good idea. At Tim's way down there. But this is how you make it the lesson. You tell him what you need, and then you let him figure out how to do the first one. Right, That's a good so idea. you go okay. So it's, then, so you let him do one, and let him let him. He tries to eyeball it or whatever, and then you give him a tape measure. Say, here, figure it out. And you give him the square and figure it out this way. And and the, the lesson is is that there's more than one way to do everything. And this isn't necessarily the best way or the worst way, but it, you know, if you don't have this tool, you can do it this way. And if you you can eyeball it like this, you can take your thumb and use that as the same way as a square, and and just use your fingernail as the guide, and you know, like show them that measurements are relative. Like that's you know. The reason it's called the photos, it was based on photos. You give them like a little bit of context because that's yeah. what's missing in, in public education, in my opinion, is that Teaching, context. I agree with you. you know? A little bit of responsibility, yeah. too. Tell them, you know, save up your money and you, too, can buy a, a square at TimSway.net. Oh, he's going to save up a lot because the prices are going up. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But, uh, yeah, th- I mean, that's that's one of the many things. And, and you know, having that, like um, – it's the worst, but you have to do it this way. Like, if there's, like, you got all these boards, you know? And, I mean, like, you can just grab two of them and carry them himself, but you grab two of them and carry them with him. So each of you are on an end, and you're building that teamwork and that yeah. working together. Or you say, okay, a little to the left, a little up and down. And it's, like, it's going to take – everything's going to take four times as long oh, doing yeah, it that yeah. way. for sure. But it's going to give you – more importantly, like, this isn't just a learning lesson for, for the boy. This is also a learning lesson for you as your kids start to get older mm-hmm. and they start mm-hmm. being more active in these types of things. You're going to learn – how how you do in those situations and it's going to give you some fresh eyes for parenting sure because you always treat other people's kids different and then you start in, you're going to learn to yeah. make sure like a I'm way meaner parent. to other people's kids for sure you said he's yeah, 11 yeah I, I hit him more yeah he's 11 yeah he's 11 so but he, like I said he's a big boy so like well, I was going to say it's probably about your size so <laughs> not <laughs> honestly he's first of all you're lucky this isn't the pre-show where I could say stuff but uh yeah. He's probably not that far away. He's not 5'7", but he's probably like 5'3", 5'4", and he's 11 years old, but he's... He's a big kid. Yeah, he looks a lot like you, actually, just a little bit smaller. Uh, And uh, what was I going to say about that? Actually, what I was going to do is initially I haven't bought any of the materials yet, so I want him to come onto the site. We're going to measure out how many... Do the math. uh, Do the math. How much material do we need? You know, I'm going to give him the clipboard. I want him to make the notes. And then we'll go to uh, Home Depot and buy it up and, you know, all that stuff. And like. another thing you can do in the spirit of reclaimed audio is that you're going to have cutoffs, right? All the little 8-inch, 12-inch pieces, you know. You could potentially... PT. What? Uh, sell. Okay. Where are you going with this? Yeah. 
just use that to as you know and you can be like hey what can we do with this what can we do with this leftover like oh we can put these uh, yeah, together and make I a mean, little stool or oh we can another, carve a little yeah. I mean I know you wouldn't want to out of pizza no. but, but th- that's not the, the idea is to get the imagination sure and the, you know finding ways to and explain to them why we probably wouldn't actually make toys out of this PT because it's treated with this stuff and we don't want to you know teach them all that stuff right and if you know the, the hard part is to figure out when to stop talking um, when to when you're getting you know, like pedantic or boring <laughs> for kids it's it's tough it is tough though because when you realize that like you know you're like a, and another thing and you see them kind of drifting off yes it's no, tough, for sure you know. I, you know, I mean, and I am I that I guy that. I am that guy. So oh, so, I oh so am I. Yeah. So am I. I, I know, Vance has fallen asleep on me a few times. <laughs> I'll tell you, my kids, though, actually, my, my eldest, Jake, he um, he listens so intently, and then he will repeat it back to my wife, who will yawn, but he will listen, like, to any, to all of my stories, so it's great. Uh, so far, my daughter, not so much, but, uh, but he's into it, so at least I got the one. Mm. And we'll see about my that's, youngest. Yeah, that's a good start. Yeah. He loves space. He loves dinosaurs. I'll be like, well, actually, the T-Rex was not the biggest dinosaur ever. The Spinosaurus was the largest meat eater, although he ate fish. And, the, and then it's like, oh, my God, Dad is so smart. He knows everything. And it's like you just looked it up 30 seconds ago on your phone. <laughs> yeah, you'd think, but no. <laughs> so you said fresh eyes and... and this perspective that you are going to apply to a situation that you would normally do, um, because you're gonna you're gonna try and get draw the interest of this kid. Mm-hmm. My thought of fresh eyes was, and this is a good example. We were just talking about my. I told you I, I have my Milwaukee knife, and I bent the clip on it. When I go to take the clip off to straighten it back out, the little screw that was there, I dropped it, and I didn't hear it hit the cement. Because I have carpets and rugs in my shop. Uh, so I know it's on the carpet somewhere. And I've looked and I've looked and I've looked. So one of the things I'm going to do is when Casey gets home, I'm going to have her come out in the garage and look. And she'll probably point right to it. Because a fresh set of eyes on something like, it, for example, that when you lose your keys, same thing. Also, when you're designing or making something, you're at a you're at a standstill, you're at a stall. It's like, I don't know, I kind of like this idea, but I don't want it to look that way. What can I do differently? Go out and get somebody that doesn't have any, well, Casey's pretty good at making but that's not what she does but she'll come in and she'll look at something and make this weirdest suggestion that's going to be that fresh-eyed look at it that's going to be oh wow something that you may not think of on your own because mm-hmm. you're used to doing things a certain way or you're doing things the proper way because you can't use you know a, a chisel to open paint well yeah you can't you're just not supposed to you know yeah no that's a good point somebody else's uh perspective certainly can change yeah. the way you look at something also a magnet sweeper you should get one of those. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you have a magnet? I don't need them. I have magnets, so I'm, I'll no, find no. it. The big ones, you know, the ones they use for post-job cleanup. With this, You could sweep a Dude, whole area. I have, I I have think. runway, airport runway magnets. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. yeah. The truck. yeah. <laughs> but I do have some magnets, and, and it's it can't be too far. You know, I, I hope yeah. I'll find it, because if not, then it'll just go in the box with all my other knives. and That are broken. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot to necessarily broken. Actually, I forgot to mention in the what we're up to was uh, Friday night. Actually, Friday afternoon, I get a call from my famous uh, my famous neighbor Billy, who I've done a few of these jobs for, and he goes, <clears throat> "What are you What are you doing tonight?" And I said, "Why do you care? What are you talking about?" He's like, "I've got an emergency." I uh, he used to do some work f- through me, and now instead he goes right to the uh, right to the 
the sawmill, they actually will do all the finish work. The milling, the planing, the cutting to size, they'll do dados, they'll do grooves, anything that he wants for this promotional stuff. In this case, they already ran through everything, but the dado that they did wasn't deep enough. They made like these little phone holders. And so he goes, well, it was supposed to be 3 eighths on the front, they did 3 eighths in the back, I didn't specify, and uh, now I need to do 2,000 pieces tonight. So, did you just a matter of and a clamp and say good luck? No, I did it with my table saw and I did 2,000 pieces uh, wow. between 1 o'clock in the afternoon and 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, wow. Dado and so, stack? Dado stack, yeah, yeah. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it was, it, I'm, my back is still paying me yep. for it. But yeah. uh, it, it was sort of an interesting perspective because, and the reason I bring it up is this fresh eyes thing. How many times I've been sitting at my desk going, man, I wish I could just be in front of my table saw all day, just making yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know. And then you realize work is work, baby. Work yeah, exactly, is work. work is work, right? And it's not always going to be that like creative project on the fly where I get to like make and experiment and play. Usually, to pay the bills, you're doing that that like that factory work of. Piecework. You're making cat towers out of PVC pipe. <laughs> and 2,000 of them, you know? If, yeah. if you hadn't been so pressed for time, uh, the opportunity to put some fresh eyes for other people, do a Jimmy DiResta and come up with 10 different ways to make those dado cuts. Use your table saw, use a router, use a, you know what I mean? A chisel, you can make a video out of something like that. Like 10 different ways to cut a dado. It, Angle you know, dado? That, I can't imagine there'd be too many ways to be faster than a table saw for it with a stack. No, 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 not necessarily. That's why I said if you weren't yeah. pressed for time, but oh, it's like, hey, yeah. you need yeah. a dado, but you don't have a table saw on a dado stack. Right. Do this. You know, that would be a neat fire. Video. Yeah. Do a fire dado. Yeah. I'd like uh, to see that. Hot coals. That would be interesting. Not particularly accurate, but certainly very interesting. Uh, you could do it with hand tools if you wanted it to take mm -hmm. a year. You can still use a table saw if you don't have a dado stack and just make mini passes with the, oh. the, the blade. I know, but if you're only doing one, again, this is a video yeah. idea. Of right, right. Imagine no, doing 2,000 like, no. two like that. There's 2,000 like that. You have to run. I you have to run all 2,000 of them, then move your fence over a scotch. Yeah, then exactly. Run all <laughs> oh, my God. I go insane. <laughs> that would be – thank God I had the stack, though. And it's a great one. It's that Freud, uh, you know, yeah. the real – anyway, yeah. that – Anyway, I have long story short, maybe seven hundred fifty bucks Friday night. So that was that right. was nice. a nice score. That's a heck. That's a heck yeah. of a two thousand monotonous, mind-numbing, repetitious. Oh. Welcome yeah. to the world of assembly worker. But you know what the thing is? The thing is, is you know, like sometimes you're doing like let's say mind-numbing work or whatever. Your brain can sort of travel a little bit. You can think about stuff. When you're working with a three-inch block over a dado stack. You gotta be focused on what you're doing. Your mind is not drifting anywhere. That could take off a chunk of yeah. your arm, never mind the tip of your finger. So the whole time yeah. I'm focused for like eight straight hours. I had it's thirty-six yeah. box thirty-six boxes of sixty of these uh, these little blocks, and I'm sitting there running it through hyper focused each time. Grab flip direction, move forward, move to the left, stack. And it is it was beyond worth it for the I money, but I wouldn't want to do that. I hearken back to the scariest of all tools that people are afraid of that I say no, but a radial arm saw would have made your life a whole lot better. You think? Like, yep. You set up a jig. It's so much easier to pull that you saw up a jig to make your dado than it is than to have pushing. to push the wood through the table saw. Yeah. I promise you. It would have went quicker. The, pr 
The problem with the radial arm saw, and it's the same problem with the table saw, but it's worse with the radial arm saw, is that you have to pull the block out and put the next block in, and yeah. you don't want to turn the blade off every time. I and don't. when you start, when you're rushing and you're doing stuff like that, and you have that open blade sitting there spinning up above the table, that's when it's dangerous. Is when you're reaching and pulling stuff all the it's, time, it's, it's, moving it's, two thousand pieces. It's only as dangerous as your attention span. Well, that's exactly it. When you're making when you're making two thousand cuts, no matter how good you are, you can slip for half a second, and that's no, you, all you it can, takes. But what I'm saying, same is thing on the table it's, saw, it's, but on this, but on the radial arm saw, it's much worse. Right, but it, it would have been went faster. By, it it would have been faster. You, you got to hold the, right the block in there, pull the blade, push well, you it. You build back. a jig. You can you make a, a jig, jig to, to where you just set yeah. the thing in. It's held down. You just pull it. You pull it back and forth, and you're done. Like Tim said, you got to pay attention. Oh, I see but, what you're saying. So it's locked into but, place. You pull, push it yeah, back. You have to pull it out. What you don't want to do is fumble with the piece of wood. It bounces up. It hits that blade that's spinning. It's yeah. going right. to bounce down. It's going to yeah. pull you into it. All those different things. But again, that's just an attention span. You have to know what you're doing and what you're capable of. Take that breath every ten. Just take a breath. One yeah. deep breath. Okay, start over again. So you don't make two thousand of them. You make ten. Take a take and a on second the, break. And on the radio alarm saw, you could actually set up three of them because you have like yeah. a thirteen inch pole and yeah. they're three inches long. You said so you could fit four of them. You could yeah. you could make your jig almost like a dovetail, like a like a T track. Yeah. And so you you would have a, a fence on either side that they fit snugly into with just a little lip hanging over it. You just slide them in like like uh, like Pez right. into the thing. Pull the thing back. Push it back. Now you have to get them all out, and the blade is spinning, and that's where it's dangerous. But since you're doing four, now you could actually turn the blade off, but then it's winding down, and it's almost more dangerous because you're not going to wait for it to stop. So you're better off leaving it running because it's a cleaner cut instead of pulling you in. Yeah. You know, but and the thing was I had to go over the existing dangerous. dado, so it had to be perfect every time. Yeah, but you set the jig up, and that yeah. makes that makes it a, a no-brainer. It's just it's yeah. just really out of those four that are down that slot, it's that one that's close to the blade up against the wall that's really dangerous to get. Yeah. So you might build it. Maybe you make a grabber, like a. But I mean, this is why I take big jobs. Like when I do well, like the stools and stuff, is to get my brain thinking this way. Yeah. You, know? and, uh, you don't and have I, a fourth one up against the wall. You have that be a solid piece that doesn't Oh move. yeah, that's that's a blank. So you only do three at a time, and you have a you have right. a blank in there, a spacer, the and then you're never so reaching. You don't get too close to it. Yeah. So now but you're I, doing I, three in the same time as one. You leave the blade running, and you're not reaching anywhere near the blade. You're three inches away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to freak out. I, I ran uh, service departments for automobile places, and the mechanics, they, they'd be on their back or they'd be up on uh, cars up on the lift. It's running, and, and you just remember all these in shop where they show you the drive shaft grabbing somebody's hair and ripping their scalp off and oh. things like that. I'm just saying, everything's dangerous if you're for uncomfortable. Sure. Or, you, or you're not careful and you have to pay attention. Everything. I mean, uh, no opening the hood of your car and checking, you know, something while the car is running can be extremely dangerous with the fan. And, and I mean, it's, yeah. it's what do you feel comfortable? Yeah. When, you, when you feel comfortable and confident, not, not cocky, but when you feel comfortable and confident, the danger factor goes away, no matter how dangerous the thing I agree. is. You know? No question. Mm. I just don't. I can't justify a radial arm saw in a shop my size. And it's going to get smaller because next summer... My wife and I have talked about it. We're going to be refinancing our mortgage to do some improvements to the house that badly need it. Um, in that budget goes a shed slash workshop in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like a 12 by 14 inch dedicated shop that I'll have in the backyard. Nice. Um, so it's going to get a little smaller, but at least I'll have four walls. Now I have two. Right. Um, yeah. So. We can get creative with that space too. Then right. You can, so I'm super yeah. excited well, yeah, about that. But you know, you know what? Well, you'll have three walls because you're gonna want to have one of them open, like a like a garage door, probably, right? I was gonna do like or, French or, doors, or, like two opening or, or, doors. Yeah, two doors exactly. So you have you have three three and a half walls. Three and a half. Yeah, those yeah, doors in the middle. 
Yeah. But yeah, so on either on either side of the French stores, you have just massive storage. Right. Um, wall, walls equate a lot more square footage than a curtain or whatever you have right now, for exactly. sure. You know? I, I got rid of that curtain a long time ago. It was ugly in videos and, frankly, more hassle than it was worth because it was... Anyways. Well, it's just... I got dust collection. Not, the pattern did not go with your eyes, Phil. I'm just saying. Well, the carpet did not match the... Uh, no, but... Uh, All right. I got I got a dust collector and I got an air cleaner, so the drape really wasn't necessary anymore. Yeah, and it was it was oh, a big pain. I got to run my my new 15 inch planer. I got to run pretty heavy today. Yeah, and that thing is awesome. <laughs> I put new <laughs> blades on it. Yeah, and because um, the blades that were on there were just shot, and I, I saved. I'm going to try and sharpen them, but I just bought new ones. And draw um, knives out of them. Yeah, I could do that. But um, I'm gonna. I think they, there's a lot of meat on them. I think I could sharpen them up and get them back in there. Um, maybe I'll even try to find a sharpener guy, someone that does that stuff, you know. But um, yeah, so I was running through like all this barn wood for this table I'm gonna make, and then I was running through some guitar stuff and making. I, I had it hooked up to my my dust. Chris Cute gave me a um, a dust collector. I think he won it in a contest, or someone won it in a contest and didn't want it, and gave it to him, and then he didn't want it and gave it to me. And so I have this. Um, I'm not gonna say their name, but it's a type of bear. And, uh, gotcha. yeah. and I and, and um, I've never been happy with anything. I've you used did say typhoon, it though. Typhoon cyclone type deal that sits on top <laughs> I, of yeah, that thing. I, I kind of did. Huh. Yeah, it's a typical basket and um, bag, and it it just clogs up just so quick. It's only good on the table saw. I, I have it in the corner where so I could hook it up to my table saw and then move it to my planer and my jointer. And whenever I run on the planer and the jointer, it just instantly clogs up and it just makes things worse. So you I, know what I did to fix that? What? Pull that pull the screen out. Like actually, had to cut it out. Yeah, it's metal. I have to cut it also, out. Yeah. You can also put a baffle in there somewhere that blocks it from shooting directly at all that material right to the filter or whatever it is. I guess, yeah, I could divide the, the impeller. pipe up or something. Anyways, yeah. since I did that, but, no problem with the planer and the jointer. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. But cause, so I, when I just disconnected it because it was like making things worse. And so I just blow and sawdust everywhere. But it was, it was really fun. Having the having the dust collector off it and having that 15 inch blade and I was running like uh, at one oh, point yeah. I was running this, oh. this I had this 13 inch <laughs> block of uh, is a 13 by 36 block of hollow core doors all sliced up in you know bazillion slices all glued together in various directions and stuff and I just told out of the clamps and I'm running that thing through and I've got 13 by 36 inches of shavings just spitting out of this thing it's, it's grinding I was like wow it was it was awesome what was the depth of cut you were doing on it. Oh, seven inches. <laughs> no, I mean I'm just doing just doing little passes. But you know when you do the last path when it's cutting all thirteen yeah. inches, like when that final full path shaving, it's just cutting everything. Yeah, it's just you know even if you, you, you just do you, a little quarter turn, you, but you can hear the planer actually sit down and like dig in its feet and yeah. do that last. Yeah, and it's and it's not it's not one fifteen or one ten. It's two twenty. So it actually goes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing here. And it yeah. just goes. Okay, I'm on board. It's not like right. a, you know like a one ten where it's like oh please no you know it's yeah just oh so much fun. And then well, and then so the board would sort of skew as one grip one side gripped it a little bit more or less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, with the lunchbox blade. Do you uh, were you getting any snipe on it, or is that only a lunchbox planer endemic thing? Um, it, it doesn't really give snipe. It has like a different kind of roller system. Uh, I will like if if I try to do too deep of a pass, like if a, or if there's like a because sometimes the nice the stuff I'm starting with is like really uneven because of you know the way I the material I use and stuff. And so sometimes like you'll go in, then it'll hit a spot that'll be like really tight, and it'll kind of if like it's like at the end, it'll sort of 
you know, kick up. up a little bit. Yeah. But then that's that's because things were were way off kilter, and by the time you get a level, that's all gone. You know. Okay. So no so sniper. Much better. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. Very minimal to none. Okay. Yeah. Which so is we, nice. that's kind of a uh, the way you describe that experience. Uh, you know, so Phil's done a fresh eyes. I did a fresh, fresh eyes. You fresh need to eyes. Do one. Yeah. But that was some fresh eyes seeing a tool do something that that is just more efficient, bigger, more power. Oh, oh, all that stuff. Um, what what other fresh eyes type of deal can you see with that? Like you know, your your CNCs, your laser cut, all that stuff. That's got to be some kind of a new perspective. No pun intended. Uh, oh yeah, well abs- absolutely. The you know lately, as you know, many people know, I've I've been really deep diving into the tech. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, and that is is definitely given me uh, you know a fresher look at what my interests are because my interests haven't changed. You know, my interests are about you know reclaiming you know material. But your and, but your and, processes and, are your, you know. But my processes, yeah, are like totally different and. Um, and and to me, you know, like because I'm I'm the one I'm always talking about chauffeur and doing that in design of having the rustic and then the the really you know the the gem and all that stuff. To me, I, I look at the the working this way the same way. It's like I'm taking some beat up old door, and then I'm running it through state of the art equipment. Like to me, it's really exciting because the process has that chauffeur to it as well. Where in my shop is like that too. Like I'll go from this this monster old school jointer, you know, to the, or planer and then over to my, my, you know, big cast iron table saw. And then it goes over to this little delicate, like electronic machine that you measure things to the millionth, you know, and I like, it's kind of fun, you know, like that, that juxtaposition. And yeah. Old world craftsmanship meets high tech. It's yeah. Hybrid. It's like, you know, it's like the new hybrid woodworking. It's everything from, I've got the hand planes in the shop. I've got the, the 220 volt machines in the shop. And now I've got the, the laser CNC stuff in the shop, you know. It's like the third dimension, really, right? Because you've got sort of Mark who coined that like, term, I think. Mark, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty sure you know, it's Mark. Spagnuolo, the hybrid. So he was his hybrid yeah. was was the hand tools with power tools, and then you're it's adding like a, a third dimension of it's like plug CNC and laser. Yeah, plug in hybrid now. Yeah, plug. But get, it? Yeah. get it? Because yeah, really yeah, yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're it's a Prius. really good. Yeah, I get you. you think about it. Yeah, yeah. but it's a plug in hybrid, like. Okay, so you're a Chevy Volt. Okay, I hear you. Plug-in. We have a we have a hybrid now, Toyota. But it's not a plug-in though. No, and thank goodness for that. But it does get thirty plus miles to the gallon average for a sport utility, and I'm very happy with that. I bet. Yeah, so is my truck. So is my truck. Whatever. (laughs) Hey, so so the the efficiency factor, Tim. When you're looking at having to do something multiple, uh, how much of a fresh eye or a different look do you have? Is it automatic because you know what your tools are capable of, these new tech tools, or, or is it something you can sit back and you got to try and brainstorm? It's like, well, how can I, you know, normally I would go over to Gagne's and cut up a bunch of metal for my cacti, but now I've got my own laser cutter. So, I mean, is there, what kind or, of fresh well, eyes the, do you find yeah. yourself using? Well, my laser doesn't cut metal, so I still have to do that the old-fashioned way. But, um, yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm definitely still learning this stuff. Uh, I guess like just the more I do, the more confident I am in, in trying something new, you know, which is, I mean, I'm always trying to try something new and, and then like, you know, even like the acrylic base that I just made, like I had, I had failures and setbacks in it. And of course they were in the processy that was the most caveman. It was adding fire is where everything went wrong, but all the CNC stuff went right. And there's a couple little things in the files that like, you know, I kind of watch and, and have it happen. I'm like, oh, okay, well next time I need to figure out why that happened or fix that. There's some weird things happen when you're doing the 3D carving. 
um, where, you know, because you'll do like a roughing pass with like an end mill, and that's where it goes, and it takes away the bulk of the material. And then the final pass will be with the uh, like a ball nose, and it just it runs over the entire piece. But then sometimes around the edges, it'll like end up like going in too deep because you didn't go far enough on the outside of the thing, and, and it'll like bog it down, or, and that's when you run the risk of, you know, damaging Breaking something. Breaking the bit, yeah. Yeah, which I did just recently, um, which is always exciting. <laughs> exciting is the wrong word. <laughs> exciting is the fr- the friendly word. Right. But um, I wanted to just, to, on the fresh eyes thing, rather than talk about the tech, is talk about before you even get to the workshop and before you even get to the, you know, to the, the project, um, we, you know, this all sort of started with the talking about kids and the fresh eyes of, of that. But there's also um, the... A, other adults and um, you know people above you that can like kind of like Phil with the eleven-year-old. Phil's gonna give this eleven-year-old boy like a fresh set of eyes on the way he views how things are made because he's probably never thought about that. And there are people that we can get that from too, as we know in the online community. Like that's one of the reasons why we're all here and we're all sharing is that like you know Bill's approach to doing something is gonna be a completely potentially a completely different approach to it than I am because of the tooling and because of the the history. Um, and so we all have sort of a fresh perspective to offer each other, sometimes better, sometimes worse, you know, but <laughs> nonetheless, um, it is super interesting to see what people are doing. And, and it's been, you know, several years now that this sort of community has been growing and, and there's these projects going out and watching the level of the projects and the level of the creativity. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's, um, uh, like exponentially growing, like it's like an exponential it is, growth it's factor. Expanding as well because you're finding you're not just using the the go-to resources where you're watching Jimmy Izzy Mark videos. Right now, it's like I'm, I I watch the groups a little bit, kind of step back a little bit, and I'm watching the the chats and and, and the online uh, conversations happening. And now everybody's getting in on and they're asking anybody for hey how would you do this how would you do that oh that's amazing mm-hmm. i never thought of it that way so it's like it's not only growing exponentially it's it's, the, it's widening you know the the amount yeah. of resources that you have from all these makers that they may not be the next jimmy DeResta, but they're out there in the community they, they don't want a youtube channel but they got all this information they're sharing on instagram or on mm-hmm. facebook or whatever and I mean, they're sharing just, it that's the key they're yeah, sharing it yeah and you it's know, exciting i mean you know 10 different uh, ways uh, to to cut a dado phil Right, nice. and, and a, right? a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys are like that. They they cut dados all day. Like that's like you know. And so what you know what Phil just did, like he's got two thousand dados in his under his belt from this one project, and he's like you know he's like oh geez I know a lot about dados. This guy's been doing that for thirty years in some factory making cabinets. Like he mm-hmm. could like like the knowledge he has about like that process. You know, yeah, where was this his, guy Friday night? I know. How come he wasn't helping you? You know. I yeah. Mean, you, you know. We came up with in just in just our little five minute conversation about that project. We came up with several different ways to do it, you know, like you're saying, ten different ways and different jigs and safety issues and stuff. Now this guy, he watched the two guys before him cut their fingers off, and that's how he got promoted up to that position. You know what I mean? Whatever. Like and he's out, <laughs> he's out there. Like he knows. Like you want to do dados and you want to keep your fingers. Here's the tool. Here's the jig I made. All that stuff. You you, hmm. you can't buy that stuff. No, you know, that's just, a lifetime of experience for sure. Yeah, every workshop you go into, there's some guy that has some jig that's set up for some problem that nobody else ever had except him, and you look at it and you go, "Oh my god, that's genius!" Yeah, you know? just look I at Eight a, Finger Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, comment on one of my uh, my scarf joint video from I don't know how long back, right, where I made that weird scarf joint maker. Yeah, I liked that. Rides the fence. Yeah. yeah, and somebody just, "Hey man, I never thought about that before. I just made one based off of your video. Thank you so much. It works really well." Blah blah blah. How how 
gratifying or, or I, I don't know I, I'm not sure the right word but it's just like wow it's right it word. Just makes yeah it's it's wow thank you I mean yeah. but that's another way to look at things of fresh eyes it's like not only what you know and you do all the time but the act of you actually sharing it don't just be the guy that reaches out for maybe a, a fresh resource be the guy that's sharing something you know put it out there let let people pick from your tree you know what I mean it's like the fruits there pick what you need here's the information I think that's what as content creators well, I haven't made any content for quite a while, but I'll get back to it. Phil, you said you had another video coming out soon. But as content creators, that's the part of the process. Is like, here's what I know how to do. Check it out. Use something. Maybe it spark an idea. That's it. This podcast is content, by the way, and you do it on the weekly. So stop feeling bad about that. We do? Well, we don't tell you that, but yes, we do release these. <laughs> yeah. We tell so Bill that one was awful. Us. We're not releasing it. So do better on the next one. Okay, let's move on here iTunes mm. review review. We got a few here. Oh, I'm ready. Uh, and I got a tip, by the way. I got a tip. I'll read. Uh, oh. I'll read Wesley's. Uh, oh, of oh, so I'll start off. I have it open. So this is a five star. So we're reading it, of course, because that is the only rule. And, yeah. and thank you, Ryan Ridgely, for fixing your your error and bringing that back up to five stars. You're you're forgiven, and we still love you. <laughs> Um, but uh, so this five star by Wesley Treat and it is called Accessible by All possibly the most accessible maker related podcast on the tubes in fact I could have chosen any number of podcasts for which I could have become a top patron and had my name advertised on air every episode but with reclaimed audio it was much much cheaper yeah that's what you want (laughs) that's what he meant by accessible yeah yeah I'd like to point out Mr. Uh, Treat is uh, 70 Five plus thousand subs on his YouTube channel. Check him out, you guys. He makes amazing. really neat stuff and great yeah. videos too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like his Check jump cuts. Very cool. Do you notice how he does that? How like the audio from the first clip jumps into the next clip by like a second, second and a half. And uh, his other sort of trademark thing is that his table saw noise is always the Jetsons flying car sound. Oh, yeah, I have noticed that. It's cool. Um, You guys can't see this one, so I'll read it out loud. Also, I have no idea what it says. It's from Australia, and the author is a series of letters. I'm not going to bother reading out. And the title is Five Stars, You Better Read It. It's truth. Me and me mate Baza were driving in the ute when some flaming gala cut us off in some dodgy Holden Camo. We got out and had a bit of a blue or a bit of a dust-up, if you will, but talked it out over a slab of tinnies we picked up at a bottle nearby. We're going to bonnie do next week. Reckon it'll go off like a frog in a sock, for duck's sake. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, that. That was nice. No that, makes me, uh, that makes me excited to read our, our next one here. Uh, no, I think um, Tim's yes. got to read this one because it's a Simpsons reference. All, all four of our Australian listeners right now are like laughing their butts off too. Oh, for I'm sure. sure. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Tim. Do your yeah. Simpson reference. This is a good one. Okay, I haven't read it yet. So, um, love the show. Five stars by Hal Nine Thousand, but the now, zeros are that, O's. Isn't that the computer on uh, Space Odyssey? Yeah, it, it turns is. On so this we got a lot of deep references here already. Yeah. So um. One of the shows that first got me into listening to podcasts, but they tend to tell stories that don't go anywhere. 
Like the time I caught that ferry over to Shelbyville, I needed a new heel. I see where it's going already. Yeah. I needed a new heel for my shoe, so I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they called Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt, which is a style at the time. <laughs> now to take the ferry cost a nickel, and in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now where were we? Oh yeah, the important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get were those big yellow ones. <laughs> <laughs> he, he must have just recently watched the episode or found it because that's verbatim correct. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well, that and you two have referenced that like 190 Every, times yeah, out of 193 yeah, episodes, so. right? Something, something like that, yeah. So that was good. You, I didn't mean that to be awesome. mean to, to Bill, I just knew that Tim would do that justice. No, no, I hey, the more often that Tim can talk, the better we all are off for it. That's why I, I like the fact that he narrated his last video. What a sycophant. Oh, yeah, I never, I don't like doing that. I always feel like, like, it takes away from the kind of artsiness of watching it, but then sometimes I just feel like there's just like a lot of stuff going on that probably needs discussing, you know? I, 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 I think you did a great job. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Seriously. I'm, thank you. I plan on listening to it. Um, who said they had a tip for this week? Oh, I got one. I got one, but Bill, you can go. Well, this is, this is an, uh, um, because this is what's coming up for me now because there's some things that I just do I don't realize that I do that's handy and helpful so I have a roll of um, butcher paper it's like a big giant roll of toilet paper right and I use that for taping down on my bench when I want to do glue ups when I want to write sketch something out it's just a great big roll and I found it you know it was a dumpster type thing and for some reason I'm able to find those every so often anyway I was at a restaurant. My friends are the owners of this really nice restaurant. And what they did was they took this butcher paper and they made a real simple rack and they put their, they pull it down and then they write tonight's specials on it. And mm -hmm. then the next day they pull it down, tear off the end of it, and now they've got a fresh sheet of paper. And I thought that's actually a handy thing to do. Make some kind of like a toilet paper roll dispenser for your shop to have that. It gets the toilet paper off my shelf up top of the uh, garage in here and it would just be real handy just to kind of pull it down rip off what I need and put it there instead of sitting on the table rolling out this 30 pound roll of paper cutting it with a knife mm. moving the big roll over you know what I mean just that dispenser was I thought a genius idea so people do that on the end of their bench where they have it at the end of the bench the the holder is set like, up and then you just like a doctor's office oh yeah. like a doctor's office yeah 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 anyway I think that's really a wonderful well. tip that is a good one I like to just take uh, a box because we get these Amazon boxes shipped to us all the time because we're on subscription. Anyways, I'll cut it open, let's say, right, so it's all splayed out, and then I'll just staple that down to my bench if I'm going to do painting yeah. or glue-ups and stuff like that. And then that lasts forever because it's not going to get destroyed for a while, and then uh, I just reuse that. And yeah, by the way, I used they to don't just send you boxes, Phil. That means you're buying stuff left and right. I know, but they're diapers on subscription, so we do no, use that's, these that's things. Fine. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm just saying. They don't Di just, hey, they, I'm an Amazon Prime subscriber or subscriber. They don't send me boxes. Uh, you know, yeah. diaper boxes I, are I usually really good boxes. Yeah. Yeah, they are good. Yeah. I used to use yeah. them to ship stuff before I put my shop on vacation. And actually what I'd do is I'd cut them open. And then, flip them inside and then out. I'd, and then, yeah, exactly. i make them inside. I, did, I, I have children too yeah. <laughs> and why do we shipping stuff in diaper boxes so i know it, it looks so lame yeah <laughs> also i feel like they'd get stolen more like because diaper, diapers are very valuable more than the whiskey boxes more than the piece problem. of crap i built yeah <laughs> true, what um true. 
What grabbed your attention this week, Tim? Um, a video on YouTube called for uh, sometimes I get just into the other side of YouTube where it's just like animal videos, you know? Because <laughs> no. I like animals. No. Um, so this video is called "Casual Understanding of Water Displacement by a Crow." Okay. And it's got 4.2 million views, and that's why because. That's YouTube's version crow. of the Ginsu infomercial. Kind of, yeah, but it's but it's actually much more um, entertaining. It's just this, they they just have these tubes of water, and uh, with seeds floating in them, that, they're like beakers, and the mm-hmm. crows can't the crow can't fit his head in to get the seed, and so he picks up rocks and puts it in and raises the water. But then they make it more complicated in multiple steps. I've watched this video several times. It's fascinating. You just watch this crow how fast he figures out. It's like oh, they're very smart. Very My smart. amazing and beautiful daughter Aspen just recently we were having a discussion about like uh, dolphins and whales and how smart they are and she informed me that of birds crows are supposedly like genius. Yeah. They are, they're yeah, super they're intelligent. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're um just just this morning I was pulling into my shop. I saw my wife a couple hours ago and uh, there was like five or six crows up not quite a murder but you know a flock of them a bunch of them hanging out on the power lines and they're all like kind of freaking out. I was like, what are these guys freaking out about? Like, there's obviously something going on. And sure enough, I get around behind the fence and there was the turkeys that live in the woods were out with all their babies. So there's like three or four mama turkeys and like 15 or 20 baby turkeys all on the lawn. And uh, and the crows are just waiting for the moms to turn their back, I guess. I don't know. They're going to eat the babies. I don't know why they're they're freaking out about it. But they were were definitely, they were... I don't know that... I, I don't know that crows do that. I do know that the uh, hawks or falcons and stuff will do that, and crows will go absolutely nuts when they got they will dive bomb and they'll chase away falcons and stuff. So maybe that turkey baby was attracting the falcon, and the crows were there and freaking out because falcons will go they might have been nests and take yeah. their eggs and stuff. Yeah, they might have been being protective. I don't know, but they were they were definitely interested in something going on yeah. about the turkeys. Maybe it was like uh, maybe it was like the the jets and the the. <laughs> I can't remember the other. I think it's universal that everybody knows how delicious turkeys are. (laughs) The variety of information we give people on this podcast, I'm telling you, astounding. Yeah, there's so many different levels, so many levels of useless. Like like onions, (laughs) onions of stupidity, like the layers. (laughs) Well, it is the yellow ones, the The yellow ones, because we don't style at the time. We don't have the white ones because of the war. Um, (laughs) Bill, what about you? What grabbed your attention this week? The war. (laughs) <laughs> um, the only thing that really grabbed my attention this week uh, is Sean Carroll. Is a, uh, he's a physicist, and he's got a podcast. I might have mentioned him before, but we listen to him quite a bit. And I just, I when he get, and he has usually he has a guest who might be a scientist of a different uh, discipline, the, the mind discipline than he does. Yeah, the Mindscape podcast. Yeah, I've been listening to that off and on. Yeah, I love Sean Carroll, but he happened to have somebody that got in there with. Uh, uh, sort of on the same discipline that he is, and they kind of got into this talking about. And I love that kind of stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. Sean Carroll's an amazing podcast, Mindscape podcast. Check it out. I think that was last week's, right? With the yeah. uh, they're kind of getting into the whole like you know quantum multiple universe thing and all that yeah, like yeah, yeah. crazy crazy spooky space stuff. Yeah, it was fun because they were nerding out and uh, they were totally nerding know, out. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. He'll go on Joe Rogan's podcast, and Joe Rogan just sits there and listens to him talk. Just really? Oh, that's cool. Go ahead, more. And the guy's just—he's really—he's good at explaining physics to everybody. Yes, so, yes, yeah. Well, I think Einstein said it: if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, then you don't really know it. So I think Remember the more that. you know something, you know, the easier you'll easier have a time dumbing it down. 
Right. And that's why that's why this experience experience with you and the eleven year old boy is going to be helpful to you and your you know it's it helps you learn how to explain it to a five year old like you know. I think so. I agree. With Which yeah, in turn will help it's you. It's really deal important with me on the podcast. That's yes, true. That's a heck of a point. You're absolutely right. Mm. Um, what grabbed my attention this week was a very nice email that I got from a gentleman by the name of Ryan Walker. Uh, he sent me an email saying that he was inspired by my whiskey boxes and uh, and he made his own, including the uh, toner transfer thing that I showed how to do in one of my videos. And frankly, his are way nicer than mine. So thanks for rubbing it in, Ryan. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> no, but and and also he uh, he sh- shared a technique of how he uses. Uh, insulation foam that comes out of those cans to sort of shape the cavity with which you sort of put in the uh, the, the whiskey and then cover it in velvet so it's like way classier than mine. Uh, oh yeah, super yep. cool. So in in thanking yeah. me for teaching him how to show how to do something, I learned a tremendous amount. And he sent me pictures and it's really really gorgeous stuff. So thank you for the email, Ryan, and thank you for the tip. I really appreciate it. One one real quick shout. Uh, Lakeside Woodcrafter just finished his uh, bandsaw rebuild, and it came out amazing. And he's also working with this kid in the shop. So I just thought, uh, Pete, thank you. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Way to go, Pete. Yeah, Way to go, Mateo. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a good time over there with the kids in the shop. Definitely. Yeah. Anywhere Pete is is a good time. <laughs> that's the way that goes. Well, I did say he was inspiring, but I don't. That sounds a little personal, Phil. Well, we've had dinner and drinks together, so I know him very well, and uh, he's a good dude. So, our channels, ironandsoul.com, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. We really do. I know I, I sort of say that as a catchphrase every week, but I really do mean it. I've just found a very efficient way of saying it. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com by email or hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. On iTunes, leave us those five-star reviews, and we will read them out. Even though they are written in English, I do not understand a word that is said if they come from Australia. Um, and <laughs> patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio, uh, the absolute best way to keep these guys, and by that I mean me and these two guys, uh, rolling every week. We really appreciate the support, and it does allow us to keep going three years in. So thanks, guys. Really Whoa. appreciate it. And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll record another episode for you guys next week. Okay. Goodbye is where I'm going with that. Oh yeah. Oh. Bye. Yeah. All right. Be good. Be good. So awkward.